0: hello everyone and welcome back to the movie Next podcast i'm gabriel chavez and
1: i'm paul Chandel.
0: Today, we are mictorizing the 2010 <laughs> romance caper charade wannabe that is called The Tourist. First and foremost, this is a movie podcast. If you haven't seen this movie, this is a spoiler alert. Not that this is a movie that you should see or that spoiling this movie would really fuck things up for you in the grand (laughs) scheme of things, because this movie is terrible. Nobody needs to see this movie. I'm actually really kind of blown away by this movie, Paul, because it's just, it's it's so bad and, like, lifeless, and there's no fucking, like, chemistry from anybody. We'll get to that in a second. If you don't know about this movie, basically... I'm not even going to go into my Pablo Francisco voice this week because it's not worth it with this movie. It revolves around Frank. He's an American tourist visiting Italy to mend a broken heart. Elise is an extraordinary woman who deliberately crosses his path. That is the official fucking summary. Or
1: is he? Oh,
0: shit. That is the official summary (laughs) on IMDb, dude. That. It's just... It doesn't even, they don't even know how to write a fucking summary for this movie on IMDb. Even the summary is boring. It doesn't make me want to watch this fucking thing. (laughs) So it's a Columbia TriStar release. So Sony, again, if you weren't paying attention or you weren't so sure by the pervasive use of Sony tech, again, in this film, people inexplicably using Sony Vio laptops. Nobody has a Sony Vio laptop, dude. My brother had one. My brother had one in 2004 because it was a good gaming machine. And that is literally the last time I've ever seen somebody with one. Except I bought one in uh, 2008 when I got my tax money back. <laughs> <laughs> was that 2008? I wanted to say it was earlier than that. Uh, I don't remember. Was, I, yeah, that's true. I yeah. do remember you having that, but even still, that was that was 12 years ago. So let me just reiterate that. And granted, this was 2010, so that's around the same time. But I really don't know how so- who Sony's market is with their laptops and cell phones. I mean, they must be killing it like overseas and we just don't see it in the United States. But like with cell phones, Apple owns more than 50% market share with cell phones. Everybody has a fucking iPhone. And I just don't understand like who has this tech. I've never seen this in the real world before. It is a GK Films release. GK Films, you might recognize because they did the Oscar-winning movie Bohemian Rhapsody, which is an utter pile of shit, other than fucking Remy Malek's performance. It, it really I like is. It. I don't it's, care. I don't it is care so poorly. It is so poorly edited. <laughs> it's insane. Like I should send you. I should post this video about like the editing in Bohemian Rhapsody. It's a fucking disaster, dude. Yeah. And it won Best Film Editing. I don't know how to happened. <laughs> Uh, it's like the Academy was asleep this, I mean, we- uh,
1: this movie here. the tourist has
0: some uh, some great moments of editing for sure. <laughs> uh gk films also produced dark shadows another johnny depp movie that fucking tanked at the box office i guess they don't like money paul is the real thing and they also produced another johnny depp tanker called the rum diary (laughs) which made no money so they really don't like money i think is gk films this thing which is why they haven't produced anything in a while it was in association with spyglass entertainment which did star trek the footloose remake and wanted they remade footloose Yeah, they remade Footloose. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't doesn't matter, Paul. (laughs) Nothing nothing matters anymore. (laughs) Nothing's sacred. It doesn't matter. (laughs)
1: It was produced through Burn
0: Bomb Barber, which you shouldn't recognize their name because they've only produced two movies, that production company or that production duo. This movie and Leap Year, which also has a 33% on Metacritic and literally nothing else. Like it's just these two guys must have come into some drug money and they needed to wash it or something. <laughs> they decided to make two movies in order to try to get some money back, and both of them failed. Still a tax write off. I mean, think about it. Uh, if, you, if you lose all your money making a movie. <laughs> You know, (laughs) I don't know how it is in America with tax write-offs. I know that they're like very forgiving toward rich people and shit like that. But in Mexico, there's actually a big thing in Mexico that a lot of like rich people in Mexico just funnel money into the film industry and television industry down there just to like use it as a tax write-off and say, oh, you know, I spent this much and I lost all of it and blah, 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 (laughs) blah. It's actually really smart the way that they do it in Mexico. And it actually causes a lot more people outside of the studio system to make movies, which is kind of great because like, then you have rises of like people like Walter Salas and Alfonso Cuaron and people like that. I'm not saying that Alfonso Cuaron came up on drug money. I just want to be clear. I'm (laughs) saying that his producers were nobodies (sighs) that made Itzuma Matiambian. And now he's a multi, he he's won four fucking Oscars, dude. Like he's insane. He's unbelievable.
1: So So in other words, you're saying, (laughs) keep it going, Mexico. Keep keep laundering
0: them, honey. (laughs) (laughs) They they got Alfonso, they got Inari too, and they got Del Toro, dude. Like the three amigos, the three best directors that have ever come out of Mexico are all living during our time right now. Like it's fucking nuts. And they're brilliant. They all three of them are brilliant, but i'll I'll, i'm going down a side (laughs) rabbit hole here so the producers on this movie are all company men graham king is one of the producers he's he's basically the chairperson for gk films he's on everything that gk films does you would recognize his name from a bunch of different movies including edge of edge of darkness which was that mel gibson weird fucking detective movie where he was shooting a bunch of people in the head it's really weird. It's a 2010 like really bizarre action movie that didn't make any sense. And uh, Roger Birnbaum obviously and Gary Barber who are the two guys that I was saying were probably laundering drug money. But (laughs) it stars Angelina Jolie who if you don't know who she is it doesn't matter she's a terrible actress but she was in such great great films as Alexander, Tomb Raider, and Wanted. And Johnny Depp was in Sherlock Gnomes, Pirates of the Caribbean, one through thirty-five, or whenever they want to kill that fucking series. And Alice in Wonderland and the Professor. It's also important to note that he's in that movie Tusk. I don't know if you ever saw that, Paul. The, the I don't think fucking so. Kevin Smith horror movie with Justin Long. Must it's weird. It. It's weird, dude. Like I'm I'm not gonna lie. I kinda liked it. It's a piece of shit, but it's like it's so shocking with its images that when you see the monster, it's like, oh my God. (laughs) But Johnny Depp plays a French Canadian a french canadian in really bad makeup in that movie and he shows up and it's obvious that it's johnny depp and it's just inexplicably (laughs) insane (laughs) he loves his
1: weird makeup and yeah Yeah.
0: dude seriously watch tusk i i hate to recommend it but it is when they revealed the monster like you know me i've seen a lot of fucked up horror movies and when i saw the monster in that my jaw was actually hanging open i was like (laughs) wow Like (laughs) it it, it doesn't look entirely convincing. It's a lot of rubber, but the concept of it is so disturbing that it it really did have my jaw hanging open and, Kudos right. to Kevin Smith for that. I'm deliberately focusing on these movies and not necessarily their good roles because I wanted to remind our listeners of just how bad these two can be and that their filmographies are mostly filled with lackluster movies like Hackers and Jack and Jill's and not the Girl Interrupted's and the Dead Man's that, you know, are critically acclaimed and whatnot. So don't get me wrong, you know, Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie have gotten their fair share of great movies along the years, but if you look at their filmographies objectively, 90% of their movies are terrible.
1: I mean, how many good movies can you really make in your career? You got to make some Uh, shit to make some good stuff.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's the thing, though, is that if, if you're trying to justify it like that, both of these people have been acting for over 25 years, Paul. At this point, they should always be on the upswing. It shouldn't be in the still like, oh, here and there, maybe whatever. It should be on the upswing all the time. I mean, Brad Pitt's a perfect example. He was in weird movies at the beginning of his career, like cool, uh fuck. What was the name of that uh that weird animated movie that he did? Uh fuck. It was like Roger Rabbit. Cool World. That was the name of it. Cool World. Anyway. He was in really yeah, weird no, movies at about. the beginning of his life. And he then now he's just nothing but like critically acclaimed shit. Even like the lackluster critically acclaimed stuff that he's done, it's still good. And like his producing career is insane. You know, he does all these best picture nominees like back to back to back to back. He has his shit together. And maybe, you know, hooking up with Angelina <laughs> Jolie maybe helped him with that. I don't know. But besides the fact, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny, Depp, Johnny Depp was a box office bomb prior to Pirates of the Caribbean, dude. If, other than yeah. Edward Scissorhands and the Tim Burton movies that he did, every movie that he was in, bombed, And he has continually proven that he's lackluster performance at the box office because even with Pirates of the Caribbean factored into his average box office total, his opening weekend like average is still $21 million. That's his average. And like that's with giant movies averaged in there. And so I mean, it's Just not look great. Look at the
1: weird ass shit that he's done, though. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's done a lot of things that uh, would not be any. I mean, no one would go see him. What so, what yeah. what is his market?
0: Because like I I have gone I to see know. plenty of Johnny Depp movies over the years, and mostly his weird shit. I remember that I saw two of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies in theaters, and I stopped going after that. <laughs> and. He doesn't draw me in, but I've seen like all these weird movies with him on the side, like The Professor and Tusk and shit like that. And he's in 21 Jump Street, which was all referential in the first place. But besides the fact, it's just it's he's a really, really bizarre box office draw. Like I don't know who his market is.
1: That's his that's his MO, man. He just picks (laughs) weird weird shit. And yet he did this movie which is just Mm -hmm. he's a regular guy hey hey, frank and he's terrible (laughs) <laughs> He's he needs he needs some makeup in this movie
0: he, <laughs> he looks like he looks like a coked out roger Ailes in this movie with long hair man his face is all puffy yeah. and it's 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 weird maybe it's that's really what weird. he was going for maybe i mean he, he was all, like
1: all of his roles seem to be based on someone that he knows or is imitating somehow I, I
0: mean, know. he was he was beaten on his uh, his wife at the time of making this movie, so maybe it was something to do with like domestic uh, violence or something. <laughs> but I mean, I, I'll still say it, dude. You know, like the per- the biggest problem with Johnny Depp and the reason that I hate him is that since 2003 with Pirates of the Caribbean, every character that he does. He's just another version of Jack Sparrow. It's the same body movement. It's the same comedy. All he does is change his hat or his wig. Like that's (laughs) all he does. He isn't acting anymore. He hasn't given a shit. In 17 years, he hasn't cared. It's always the same thing with him and it's fucking bizarre keeps getting
1: paid so why why change that gold formula i (laughs) I mean
0: it's the same thing it's the same thing with meryl streep you know how i feel about her like she's been playing the same character since devil wears prada she needs to expand her scope back to what she was before man yeah she's been typecasted I'm going down another rabbit hole. Mm. Jolie, on the other hand, averages $19 million opening weekends, also relatively lackluster and skewed by the Maleficent movies because her box office draw isn't the same either without her big movies, especially with the, the averages and the totals. So besides them, the cast is filled with s- smaller actors who are relatively good, but not prestige film darlings, including Paul Bettany, who is in a beautiful mind, master and commander, a night's tale and all the fucking Marvel movies that they'll keep <laughs> paying him for. Timothy, fucking dalton is in this movie he was in the living daylights which i don't know if you know about that paul that's the name of Mm. one of his bond movies i remember seeing that movie once and it literally did not stick in my gray matter until i looked him up on imdb to look for his like history a little bit and i was like oh shit yeah that was his other bond movie like i don't even remember what that was about i don't remember (laughs) anything about that movie other than that i did see it because i recognized the title so There's Timothy Dalton. He was in The Living Daylights, Hot Fuzz, and Flash Fucking Gordon. (laughs) <laughs> yes the
1: tv show <laughs> oh, the tv show not the the queen movie
0: no oh. no 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 right, the tv right. show right. uh rufus Sewell is in this movie Sewell, Sewell? i don't actually know how to say his name he was in the great movie dark city which is a fucking fantastic movie yeah. he was in the pretty good movie the illusionist in 2006 and he was in gods of egypt so let's not forget that he is oh, capable of fucking terrible <laughs> terrible mm, movies
1: sometimes you're really hungry <laughs> And you yeah. need to take a role man Somehow, yeah that's how it goes
0: last but not least is our bad guy who's dressed in black throughout this entire movie seriously the whole goddamn movie <laughs> he just wears black and that's steven burkoff who is in octopussy beverly hills cop where he plays victor <laughs> and all right listen to me for a second paul uh-huh. he was in a clockwork orange huh he He was Detective Constable Tom in that movie. I don't remember this at all. Hmm. And like, I'm going to have to go back and watch it and see if I recognize him because he's not, he's one of those actors that you like, you recognize his face and he's got like a a certain intonation that you memorize his voice. But I don't remember him at all in A Clockwork Orange. And that's Hmm. like one of my favorite movies. I should know that character, him in it. This movie was written by two Oscar winning writers, Paul. Two. Nice. It was was written Uh by, it was actually written by four people. (laughs) One of them is a a credit or like an adaptation of a previous film. This was based on like a fucking foreign movie. But the first Academy Award winner was Christopher McQuarrie, who won for The Usual Suspects in 96 and has gone on to direct two MI films, as well as have two more in the shotgun barrels ready to go to assault the (laughs) human populace with. He wrote the inexplicably terrible Tom Cruise movie Valkyrie. I don't know if you saw that Paul, but never never bothered. <laughs> Tom Cruise plays a German in that movie and <laughs> he doesn't speak American German, accent. No. an American accent and wait, all what, the other Germans all,
1: oh, they all like German accents <laughs> no
0: know, all what? the Germans oh. are fucking British nah, it's like nah, Bill Nighy and Kenneth <laughs> Branagh it's weird man but the way that they get around the whole like not speaking German thing is at the beginning of the movie there's Tom Cruise and a voiceover speaking part of the voiceover in German and then like his voice in German morphs into his voice in English Whoa, and when I weird. heard it I was like wait wait, wait. did one of the Creatures from fucking Hitchhiker's Guide just stick the babble fish in my ear and now I can (laughs) understand German. I was so confused when I saw it. And he also directed Jack Reacher, another Tom Cruise fucking masterpiece, um, which is yeah. awful. <laughs> that movie is so bad. But he's the first Oscar winner. The other Oscar winner is Julian Fellows, who won for Gosford Park in 2002. That was the big like mystery murder movie in the mansion, you know, with like yep, Clyde yep. Owen and everybody. It's a good movie. It really is. And it's a good script. But then he went on to create the wildly successful TV show Downton Abbey. He did the series and the movie as well as the 2009 film the young victoria he's one of those guys that's like he thinks that he should be writing for like masterpiece theater or something and he's stuck in that like <laughs> in realm that period yeah and, and that's all he does yeah. and it's yeah. it's not it's not great his movies aren't great and neither is this So,
1: <laughs> well the other, <laughs> you know he, he's found his niche and uh his niche whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. sticking to
0: it man yeah, Good for him. Sure, Good. I mean he's making money, so <laughs> and he he's definitely better than Christopher McQuarrie. So you yeah, know, I mean, uh, I guess you know, props to the guy. But the other screen <laughs> the other screenplay credit is to Florian Florian Henkel von Dammersmark. Florian, uh,
1: that is a badass <laughs> name, I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: Florian. I, I, I'm sorry, Florian needs to be Donner smacked for this movie, dude. But. <laughs> <laughs> like, this was fucking terrible. Because the the worst part about it is, is when you contextualize it, he wrote the incredible two thousand six espionage paranoid thriller called The Lives of Others. Where um, I mean that that movie, great it's movie,
1: just, go see it. Yeah,
0: it is it is the best paranoid surveillance movie about like just investigation and whatnot since The Conversation. And then he goes on for his fucking English debut and does this movie. Like what the fuck? It's just there's nothing hmm. in. It would tell you that it was him directing. And this isn't even, I'll get to it later, but this isn't even like a studio taking it out of his hands. Like this was actually the actors that took it out of his hands and did what huh. they want because they just didn't give a shit yeah. anymore. But moving on, he's a BAFTA winner as well as uh, the, Lives of o- the Lives of Others won the best foreign film in 2007 at the Oscars. Seriously, if you haven't seen it, shut off this podcast right now and go watch that movie because The Lives of Others is a great movie. <laughs> but seriously, he does that film, and now he does this. It's bullshit. But since then, he's he's kind of gotten back on track with the relatively good 2018 film called Never Look Away. It's problematic, but it's incredibly well made and it's incredibly well directed. It was it was just from a couple of years ago. It's long, be warned, it's three hours and 10 minutes. Like it's a big investment. And I think that this movie, the tourist like threw off his game or something and he had <laughs> trouble getting back into it.
1: I think he just uh, just wanted some money to make a movie. And <laughs> I think this whole movie, here's my, here's my thesis on this movie. It was just an excuse to go party in Venice for six months. That is and exactly
0: it. it, actually. He, he said that the reason that he took this movie was because he wanted to work with the two biggest actors in the world at the time, which was Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie. And he wanted, and Angelina Jolie admitted that the only reason that she did this movie was because <laughs> that she wanted to spend 50 days in Venice doing this movie. Wow. And Johnny Depp needed a paycheck between the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. But besides the fact, <laughs>
1: I bet they have good wine in Venice too. So.
0: I wouldn't doubt it. But, <laughs> I'll get to this later but there was actually a story about how uh, well I'll get to it now actually but there was a story how the stuntmen in this movie had to go on antibiotics three weeks prior to filming their scenes in the canal because the water is so polluted that when they were thrown into the water they didn't want to get so fucked up yeah
1: now that stuff's nasty
0: nasty (laughs) (laughs) this is based on Jerome Saleh's screenplay Anthony Zimmer which is the short the, the foreign film that I had spoken of from 2005 it's not a great movie either but it's definitely better than this it's 103 minutes long it was produced for a 100 million paul a 100 million to make this movie this movie looks like a 20 million dollar caper you know that the money was just being flushed down the fucking toilet there's yeah. no reason that a 54 day shoot in venice without a lot of special <laughs> effects yeah. 100 million dollars
1: no no dude it's just uh film for a couple hours in the day and uh you know then you have to wait for some setup <laughs> and go party at night that's, that's all it is I mean, just it's definitely to,
0: i mean at this time uh, johnny depp was getting a 20 million dollar quote so i mean that's a fifth of the budget right there and i think joe lee was getting around 14 million at this time so like yeah, a pretty that's, big that's, chunk that's a big chunk that's a third yeah. just between two actors Yeah, but It was released on December 10th, 2010 at 2,756 theaters to a $16 million opening, Paul. $16 million is all this made on its opening weekend. For those two huge stars, that's a terrible opening, especially with both of them together. It opened at number two that weekend with Chronicles of fucking Narnia, the third one.
1: (laughs) Wait, (laughs) they made a third one?
0: Uh, yeah there's uh, there's uh, three of them uh, but the third chronicles of narnia movie was against it in that same opening weekend which was number one at that weekend this was number two tangled the disney movie about rapunzel took third place in its third weekend harry potter seven in spot four and unstoppable the the tony scott denzel washington chris pine thing about the train yeah yeah that rounded out the top five it was in theaters get this paul it was in theaters for 387 days this movie was in theaters for over a fucking year over a year people
1: uh kept coming back to it
0: i don't know why because it only went no. on to grow 67 million 67 million dollars in one year at the box office. big
1: big tax write-off slash
0: money laundering operation (laughs) for sure but get this it made 211 million dollars worldwide and it brought the total 278 million dollars for this movie jesus thank god for foreign markets man because 211 million dollars internationally japan in all which is really weird is actually the highest foreign market with this movie with 22 million dollars followed with by russia with 18 million dollars so huh. this this domestic gross makes this movie the 85th opening weekend of all time overall in december the 85th overall and the 176th overall for christmas season movies guess paul what was the smallest market would you think that this mm. movie didn't make any money in uh, italy nope <laughs> <laughs> no, ironically no. they actually <laughs> they they made a decent amount of money in, in Italy, but it was Ethiopia again. No, they Ethiopia. had a $2,724 opening weekend and a $10,785 gross. At $7.89 American in 2010 or $259 burr, again, that's their dollar, that brings total asses and seats to 345 and one quarter people went to see this movie opening weekend. Again, with the quarter person. In 2010, there were 87.64 million people in Ethiopia, so the percentage of people that saw this movie on opening weekend of Ethiopia was 3.94, one millionth of a percentage point of Ethiopians <laughs> saw this movie on the opening weekend. Seriously dude, at a $10,000 gross for a territory, why even sell it to that territory? Like this this is 2010. This is when they were still shipping movies out on film. They weren't doing digital yeah. over the internet distribution. It I mean, Maybe they money. just
1: bought the film off like the surplus market. <laughs> and, you know, it's one of the last theaters in the world to show it. And it
0: just I mean, it, it could be. I didn't arrives
1: it. on on an elephant, and, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it just takes a while to get there.
0: I mean, it's like just secondhand. It, 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 It boggles my mind because it's like those reels and the insurance to keep them from falling into piracy markets costs more than what it would have cost that they got back from this market. But it's got a 6.0 on IMDb with 216,000 votes, a 37% on Metacritic and a solid 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. That means it was worse (laughs) than Congo, dude, with the critics. Believe that. I feel that way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> lastly it's rated pg-13 for violence and brief strong language brief strong language because Whoa. they said fuck twice in this movie twice didn't even dude. <laughs> Damn. so first and foremost paul i gotta say this this movie was nominated for three golden globes what? best picture musical or comedy against <laughs> against the kids are supposed all right
1: to be funny
0: <laughs> I, <don't get> it. <laughs> I guess but it was against it was against the kids are all right, which is actually a really good movie with Annette Benning, Alice in fucking Wonderland Burlesque that nice. Christina Aguilera share musical thing i don 't know if you remember that, nah, but that that it. was a dark moment, a dark moment in- <laughs> and and red seriously
1: red. best is that picture. the uh, Bruce Willis Bruce Willis yes oh,
0: wow. best picture. <laughs> At the Golden I guess Globe.
1: They didn't have a lot going for them that year. Oh my and, and god. Kinda...
0: <laughs> I mean, granted, this is this is outside of the drama category because there's always best picture drama and best picture musical or comedy. This has happened before with like the Martian, that the Martian, you know, they loved it so much that they had to throw it in the comedy category, even though it's more of a drama. And then same thing with like get out, right? Like when Get Out came out, everybody freaked out and they liked it so much that they put it in musical or comedy, even though <laughs> that movie's not a fucking comedy. <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> I laughed a couple times. <laughs>
0: yeah, I did too, but that is not a comedy, dude. Mm. Get Out is not a comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the other two nominations that I got were Best Actor in a Musical or Comedy for Johnny Depp. Oh, wow. Who, get I mean, this,
1: they'll give it a Golden Globe to anyone at
0: any point. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, but get this the people he was competing against was himself in <laughs> Alice in Fucking Wonderland. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal for Love and Other Drugs, which is a really bad movie as well. And Kevin, I'm a pedophile spacey for casino (laughs) Jack*. Those are the movies that he was competing against. Joe Lee was nominated for Best Actress, again in the musical or comedy category, again against Annette Benning for The Kids Are All Right, Anne Hathaway for Love and Other Drugs, Julianne Moore for The Kids Are All Right, and Emma Stone for Easy A. The Golden Globes have long been a joke, and this was the fucking... When I saw these nominations come out in 2011, I literally laughed when I saw Johnny Depp as Best Actor. Not once, but twice. Five fucking nominations five fucking people that they could have nominated and they nominated him twice for two really bad movies <laughs> tell me this paul i enjoyed it so oh, much last man. time that you you pitched the movie to me so try to pitch this oh fucking my God. movie to me
1: <laughs> all right all right we got a hundred million dollars okay and uh, decided that we want to go somewhere in Europe and- uh, Wait, wait, let's, wait, wait, say, let's wait. Go party. <laughs>
0: up, this is not a vacation fund. What are you talking about? Are you going to make a movie or not? You're not paying listen, for $100 listen. million.
1: Dollars. It's great. If we take that $100 million and we just burn it on wine and hotel suites, for everyone on the crew then we could just write it off as a loss even if we make the shittiest movie and get zero dollars back from the box <laughs> office but hey it's johnny depp and oh
0: you got johnny Depp, Angel- okay. yeah
1: oh yeah yeah angelina jolie they're huge oh
0: and wow we could angelina sell J- <laughs> yeah are you, you gonna get her to show any movie no she didn't, she didn't uh... do
1: that anymore we will have a lot of gratuitous ass shots in this movie
0: <laughs> okay you know. okay we can deal with yeah. that how's angelina looking <laughs> these days Is she a little skinny or uh, she's uh she's full i'd say it's okay. full okay yeah. all right great great but yeah. uh yeah no
1: everyone just parties up and uh we'll make money either way either we're we'll writing it <laughs> off our taxes or or maybe we'll make some money on the box office just because it's johnny depp he's hot right now
0: <laughs> all right so what what what's the movie about what's the movie about you didn't tell me that before I gave
1: uh, me money. uh let's think of a let's just take a alfred hitchcock thriller and kind of remake it mm, whatever
0: okay Okay, remakes. Or, huh? uh, yeah,
1: yeah, hear. yeah. And, uh, Audrey Hepburn. Let's uh, <laughs> let's make references to her. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. And, okay. Uh,
1: money man. Let's just money. Let's go spend some money. Money, money, money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So, for first off, my my immediate complaint on this movie is the driving at one mile per hour in the surveillance van following her down the sidewalk. <laughs> she's in heels, and she's walking down the sidewalk, and they zoom in yeah. on her ass. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow, look at that. And then, like, She's got they, say, they say, oh, you're at work, you know, respect, blah, 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 blah. And then the fucking camera itself, the actual film camera is like up her ass walking down yeah. the sidewalk is the next shot that we see. You know, I'm all for it. And it lasts
1: for a long time, too. Yeah, that shot it does. Really it's long.
0: uncomfortable. <laughs> but, you know, I. I, I admire Angelina Jolie's like figure and whatnot as much as the next straight male or next person, I guess I should say. But this was gratuitous. And this is 2010. And it's just... it. I don't know why that shot had to be there. It's not clever. It's not funny. It's just well, it's like, like an
1: ongoing theme throughout the movie that all men are like head raping over her with their <laughs> eyes. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Maybe Angelina Jolie felt... Like, Insecure, and she's like, "Now you need more shots of men reacting to me and having erections, and I want that. I want that ass up on the screen. <laughs> you cut the shot too early. More ass. I don't know. <laughs> I worked hard on that.
0: <laughs> you know, I I'm I'm gonna immediately bitch about something that isn't just keen to this movie or isn't specific to this movie, and that's that I hate. In movies that are supposed to have technology in it, when they pull up the GUI of like whatever computer or laptop it is, Beep, and you hear all the beeping for every single movement. <laughs> yep. I hate that. That's I absolutely my- hate it.
1: It's one of my six notes that I took on this movie. Yeah,
0: and you know, I mean, I have to admit, this isn't just bad movies that do this. Like a lot of good movies do this too, and it needs to stop. Like it just (laughs) needs to stop.
1: How do you know it's doing stuff if it's not beeping (laughs) and whizzing? I Uh, I I think they should they should make uh, phones now that make little beeping (laughs) noises every time you press the button. uh, How do you know it's it's working or not? Honestly, it's like this guy makes noise.
0: This movie, you know. as as a PG-13 it's entitled to one F-word by MPA rules or two if you space them out. This movie its use of the first F-word is I think it's I think it's Paul Bettany that says it. But he turns around and he says don't fucking touch it. And that was it was like 5 minutes into the movie and I was like that's your F-word like it's it's not even like dramatic or like a dramatic scene like in <laughs> in a pg-13 you need to time that shit right because if you use it right it's like really really memorable because it's a fucking pg-13 movie like not that it's a good movie but in x-men origins wolverine right they do a similar thing it's right at the beginning of the movie no i'm sorry maybe it wasn't x-men origins wolverine it was uh it was one of the new ones like x-men first class or something like that but they were trying to go and get wolverine and they find wolverine in a bar and they walk up to him and they say hey aren't you and he's like yeah go fuck yourself and everybody just turns around and walks (laughs) away. Way and I was like, that's good. I like that. I like that because like Hugh Jackman clearly wasn't going to be in this movie, and he that was his like little tongue-in-cheek way of saying he wasn't going to be in this movie, and I I like that. But having this so early on in the movie, it's not funny. It's not dramatic. It's just there, and I'm like that. That was a waste of your one F work.
1: <laughs> and They thought they'd make it edgy. Yeah, sure. Take, throw the <laughs> F bomb.
0: Right, right away yeah so that glove slit when she's walking down in the basement and she checks her into the subway <laughs> and she checks her watch when she opens up the glove slit, <laughs> the, the color of her glove is so similar to her skin that it looked like she was opening up her wrist for a second. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It just like, it pulled me out because I was like, "What? what is going on? Like, this What is, is this a her very obsession
1: different... with gloves in this movie? She wears them a lot. I, Dude. Who the she... fuck wears gloves <laughs> in the summer in Venice? It's
0: hot, man. <laughs> she man. has 15 costume changes in this movie <laughs> just because it's Angelina oh, Jolie and she's in Venice. where
1: some of the money went, right? Right there. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I'm sure that yeah. there was some designer on this movie that was like they were paying millions of dollars for their fucking wardrobe.
1: She probably has all the extra costumes in her closet now that oh, she never sure. wore. But,
0: I mean, yeah, it's exactly I, like the honest. scene when she walks into the hotel room. It's like full of designer clothing already. She just took all that at the end of the movie and threw it in her fucking carry on <laughs> in order to go back to the states. It's a good thing that she made it through the crowd going into the subway in oh, three yeah. seconds flat. She's without any trouble
1: through. Yep. <laughs>
0: the cops can't seem to force their way down everybody's like forming this wall of people to keep them out like popeye doyle popeye doyle would be pissed off at this scene because popeye doyle wouldn't take any shit he would just be slapping people
1: i mean if you're in a crowd of people and some cops are screaming to get the fuck out of the way what do you do yeah i mean you kind of like move a little shuffle out of the way a little bit (laughs) it's pretty easy i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe Parisians aren't they're like
0: ah, a bunch of fucking polizia or whatever I don't know. So immediately in this movie one of the things that pisses me off is Timothy Dalton's hair the first scene that he shows up in he's got this weird like thing going on with his hair where like it's kind of pushed forward like a bad hair piece and I don't know if Timothy Dalton's bald in all honesty I can't speak to that but he is the like typical oh I'm a distrustful captain and you've spent too much money on this operation I'm shutting you down. And then he's gone for ninety percent of this movie. He's not there, and he proves himself to be the most inept captain because even after he tells him to shut it down, they're still spending money out of the ass <laughs> in order to carry on with this shit. And mm. nobody pays attention in Scotland Yard that this is happening. I'm just like, what? What? What's going on? Like, <laughs> wouldn't That's he funny. notice that Paul Bettany, the guy that he just told to stop fucking investigating, isn't around anymore? Yeah, like, just ran hey, off. Hey, the what plans. happened to him? Yeah. What? What happened to him? I guess he must be working on something else I'm gonna go back to my office and yell at somebody else and adjust my hairpiece this movie with the weird tech shit dude this is a huge pet peeve of mine in film in general is like the black box technology shit Angelina Jolie burns a letter right burns a letter on the fucking like Palazzo Vecchio she's sitting there and she's drinking a cup of tea and she burns a letter that she gets this dude this jerk off jumps out of the surveillance (laughs) van and runs up and he tries to put out the letter but it's too late and just then a waiter throws a bunch of water on it in order to put it out. And he's like, no, 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 don't touch it. He picks it up and he takes it with him back to headquarters. And Paul Bettany has this weird scanner thing that he puts all of them on. He starts dripping like reactive dye on every piece and he scans it into the computer, and lo and behold, he can see every letter that was (laughs) in this fucking letter. But not just that. It just so happens that when the fire burned it, it burned the ashes in such a way that it went around each word, (laughs) and it didn't go through any of the letters. It maybe cut a word in half, but it never went through the letters, and it never cut off part of the letters. The number one thing that happens when something lights on fire is the ashes float away. And number two, it actually (laughs) destroys things into carbon smoke, which is what you see burning off of it as it's burning so somehow he gets this letter and he does the world's worst puzzle where he's taking <laughs> these things and he's spinning them around in his computer and he's putting them together and oh. he's like somehow think, able well, to okay. figure it out
1: it was the sound effects of the computer of him spinning it, it was like <laughs> sh- sh- yeah i think that that's what helped solve the puzzle
0: yeah okay yeah all, yeah. Right. all right yeah sure yeah all right so let's let's move back past the black box technology for a second (laughs) there is a voiceover in this opening where the voiceover recaps what the voiceover just said three minutes ago the voiceover reads the letter as she's sitting there at the Palazzo Becchio three minutes later the voiceover comes up again and it rereads parts of the letter as Paul Bettany is rereading parts of the letter it's like (laughs) I just saw this three minutes ago I don't need to see it four times from two other characters three minutes later like i know that you keep saying paul that they need to make it accessible to everybody and like maybe people, <laughs> but like this this is so bad man like i just saw it i just saw it i'm not gonna forget what i saw three <laughs> minutes ago
1: i was writing code and designing circuits and i still <laughs> heard that and was annoyed so. so i don't know oh this is we're coming up on one of the best my favorite parts of this movie where Johnny Dub runs on this balcony, and the bad guys are chasing him, whatever. And down below, there's like a a canvas tent, (laughs) and he jumps, right? But they like... (laughs) the stunts and and the editing are just so good it's <laughs> it's like high school level stuff where they show the dude jumping don't see the impact of him hitting the tent and then it just cuts to him like bouncing straight into the arms of a police officer and somehow he <laughs> gets arrested for that <laughs>
0: because he knocked over but, the police officer that's assault.
1: Oh, oh, that's assault. They don't
0: take uh, shit off of people in Italy But apparently. the police
1: officers don't see the guy like chasing <laughs> after him.
0: No. Or, you know, any anything else that they don't take anything that he's saying seriously because they keep making the joke, "Oh, Americans, fucking Americans," you know. Uh, it's like, yeah. you know, I'm all for hating on Americans in <laughs> foreign countries because overall we act like dicks in every country that we go to and entitled little pieces of shit but like this is just i don't think anybody is this angry toward americans in every single level that they're not even going to like recognize what he's trying to say or even try to investigate anything that he's saying so i i want to i want to complain for a second about angelina jolie i am tired of angelina jolie her long neck wavering head acting i'm sick of it she walks around uh, with you're gonna have to give an
1: example over. of this
0: <laughs> this whole movie dude she's walking around and when she walks through someplace her head is up she's looking out the bottom of her eyes and as she walks she wavers her neck like this like a fucking snake. Hmm. and it's irritating and i'm tired of her doing it because she's just doing it in every movie and i get it she's supposed to be a sex symbol she's like elegant and like kind of exotic looking but like this is too much man like she just looks like a fucking snake i don't i don't like this anymore it's not sexy to do this you're forcing it
1: (laughs) (laughs) no this whole movie is set up to I mean it's very blunt in that they're trying to make sure that you understand that she's sexy and elegant and sophisticated and Johnny Depp's way out of his element even though Dude. you know we it's revealed <laughs> in later in the movie <laughs> oh god
0: Dude. yeah in this movie, did you feel like... Okay, I know that they tie into it later with him smoking his fucking e-cigarette. But all I could think of is every time that he pulled it out in order to smoke, all I could think of was that Clippin' family guy with the guy being smoke. Smoke. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Are you Sony had yet? a
1: steak... Maybe Sony had a stake in some e-cigarette company or something like that. And that's why they kept pushing it.
0: I think that that e-cigarette was actually the first e-cigarette that you and I bought was that one. It looks exactly like a cigarette and like the end glows orange. It looks like a cigarette. Right. You remember that thing? It was terrible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It was horrible. (laughs) It burned your throat immediately. And it felt like you were sucking poison in your lungs. But Johnny Depp, this whole movie, he's smoking it and he keeps doing like PSAs for it too. It's like, oh, it's not real. It can't burn you. It's like, it's like water vapor. And it's like, okay, so immediately after I watch this movie, I'm going to yeah. have to go out and get an e cigarette. <laughs> like, this, this is very, <laughs> no, very a nice, bad. This is like, nice
1: piece of advertising. Oh, sure. sure.
0: Great piece of tobacco propaganda. <laughs> it's like, um, Humphrey Bogart in uh, Casablanca, right? The first time that he meets his woman in that movie, she comes in. This is what I'm saying about the elegance and the sexiness. She walks into that room and everybody fucking notices. She doesn't have to wear revealing clothing or tight-fitting shit or anything like that, even though it was the 50s. But she walks in and she pulls out her carton of cigarettes and she's like, anybody got a light? And Humphrey Bogart's (laughs) right there with the lighter. (laughs) 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 Uh That is using sex to sell cigarettes man yeah. this is a fucking weird perverted looking whack job with a greasy hair piece pulling out a <laughs> pulling out an e cigarette he dude seriously he looks so weird in this movie there were so many times where i was like watching it and i had to like look at him again and i'm like i know that i know that johnny depp is a weird looking motherfucker but like every time i look at him in this movie it's like he's a coke addict or something there's something <laughs> with this movie that he just doesn't look right and i think that you know maybe it was somebody's inevitably going to tell me oh it was because of the ending you know like Oh like get the no dude that's just Johnny <laughs> Depp he looks fucking coked out all the time He looks like a coked out Berkeley professor Maybe that's uh, what they're going for in this movie <laughs> man <laughs> this movie also has some really really bad soft direct green screen lighting like they'll be sitting outside or it's supposed to be like on a rooftop or something like that and you see this really soft wrap around Johnny Depp or Angelina Jolie and I'm like they're sitting in direct sunlight like that's not how that shit looks <laughs> like,
1: like I said they spent most of the money on the the two actors and the parties at night yeah. not, did, you see, need...
0: did you see the Sony hook in at the beginning when he takes the picture of Johnny Depp on the train and he emails it straight from the, the uh camera oh my to, god to that's paul amazing, that's amazing technology. That <laughs> <laughs> so I- explain to me this A- as an engineer paul this dude gets this picture sent to him directly he prints the picture out goes over to the facial recognition <laughs> guy he says, hey check this out and the dude the dude says <laughs> he throws he throws some words at him he says oh, he's ectomorph- ectomorphous and he's the same type of phenotype. And it's like, okay, I know that this may sound like really advanced techno-speak to somebody out there in the audience, but all he said was is he's skinny and he looks like the same guy that's skinny. That's all he said. So if you're trying to be specific, that isn't specific in any way. <laughs> but he he hands this guy this printout of the, the image. The guy scans it into his computer. The printout scans the printout into his scanner and then uses the scan of the print of the digital media to do visual like face recognition rather than just take the picture from the guy which has all this metadata already in it from the fucking camera that it was sent from he could tell global positioning he could tell fucking any of that shit from it but no he gives him a piece of paper with the (laughs) fake it's like dude come on man like this is just bad tech uh, yeah, no,
1: I, they probably felt like they needed a, a piece of paper to hold the scene together. <laughs> Otherwise there wasn't much there. You know,
0: there's not much of anything in this yeah. movie, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I- I hate the talking into sleeve trope with the secret agents. They're constantly talking into their sleeves in order to talk on the radio, right? Uh, that, is that, is not, <laughs> that is not That is That is not. not how surveillance kit works, okay? Surveillance kits, which is what they call those things that go in your ear, that secret service people wear. That is not how they work. They have a little <laughs> button on there that you have to hold in your hand and push and then talk into the microphone. They don't operate on Vox, which if you don't know what Vox is, it's voice operated where it senses somebody's Speaking and it turns on the microphone. They don't operate on that, but these people are constantly holding up their wrists and they aren't pushing anything with their fingers, but they're communicating this shit and they're walking through crowds saying like, I want three snipers on blah, 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 blah. It's like, they're saying this next to normal people that are on the street. <laughs> they're saying shit about snipers on the roof and nobody's reacting, that's number one. <laughs> and number two, everybody. every time somebody hears them, they always put their finger on the surveillance kit in their ear and push it into their ear. So it's like, okay, so if this is meant to be covert, right, which it is, these guys are supposed to be secretive. If you see a guy, every time something happens, he looks down and looks away from whatever he's looking at and puts his <laughs> finger on one ear. What do you think he's doing? You know what I mean? Like, he's not being covert at all. And neither is the guy talking into his fucking wrists like that. Well,
1: maybe Sony's uh, microphone, they didn't have the patent for that particular <laughs> thing. So they had to do it their own way, which is the wrist microphone. <laughs>
0: So this you got to hold I up mean, the wrist. <laughs> so, I'm not. I'm not saying there are plenty of there are plenty of surveillance kits that have split ends where like one can run in your sleeve, so you can have it in your sleeve. But you still need to push it with your fucking fingers in order to turn it on in order to speak. But none of this movie does any of this shit. And I'm tired of movies that are supposed to be technical, like doing stupid shit like this. It just it doesn't make any sense. But <laughs> going back to this movie, uh, 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 a plot detail. Uh. They check into the suite, right? Him and Johnny, or her and Johnny Depp. And uh, the Mater D says, this suite was rented by Proust, who's like this amazing, if you don't know who Proust is, he's like this world-renowned scholar that was probably the greatest writer of the 20th century. But he says, this suite was rented by Proust. But, we would just, but I just kept thinking in the back of my head, okay. So this was given to Proust, but these are just two random people who you don't know from Dick and Jane, and they're just paying for it. It's no wonder that this is an $8 million operation. Like, how much does that shit cost? How much does that shit cost? <laughs> (laughs) in order to rent that fucking suite, man.
1: It all goes together with her elegance. And uh, yeah, she's this
0: this score in this movie is trying really hard to be an American in Paris. And they're trying really, really hard. But the tonal it kept it kept
1: me reminding me of like Ocean's Eleven. That's what I kept hearing. (laughs) It's like playful, but nothing on the screen was funny.
0: Or or playful. (laughs) playful. this movie, it's just, it's so tonally inconsistent, dude. Like one, a scene was supposed to be funny and then the next scene is supposed to be like super dramatic and intense. And they just keep like making these massive shifts in tone. There's no chemistry between the leads in order to make us believe any of this shit. You can tell that these are people wanting a paycheck so they can get the fuck <laughs> out of there. So when the when yeah. the main bad guy gets off of the plane, right? This This I really wasn't sure of. The main bad guy gets off the plane and he walks 30 feet and like they go from a front shot to a reversal over his shoulder to show that he's getting on the boat. And he explains his whole plan in English. He says, you can kill him, but not her out loud for everyone to hear. But the bad guy is speaking English to the henchmen who answer in Italian. (laughs) I didn't understand that. And the, the airport is, he parks the plane right next to the harbor. Like I've never been to Venice. So maybe that really is the way that the fucking airport is that it's right next to the harbor. But he walked 30 feet from the plane onto the fucking boat. And that like, I, I was just confused. I was like, "Wow, that is a fucking bitch in airport, man!" Like, you don't even have to try. And the dude, the that's the customs bad. dude, like standing there, and he takes their passports. He doesn't even open them, dude. He just takes them and waits for the main guy to come down and hands it back to him and walks off. And I was like, "Oh, great!" Like, um, post-
1: they're they're on a private plane, Gabe. I mean, that's like a jet stream, Gulfstream, whatever you want to call it. You can't you can't inspect their shit. You just gotta let them through, otherwise so, they're gonna call the prime minister or something. <laughs> Like that, and they yeah, get a shit storm. <laughs> from a, uh, so. It's all formality.
0: So, the second time that they said fuck is when she dresses up for their first dinner together and she comes out from the hotel and he's standing there drinking a drink and he turns around and he says, fuck, you look, uh, what did he say? Ravenous. And she's like, you mean ravishing? <laughs> he's like, yeah, that's what I meant. And I was like, oh my God, that's your second Classic. fuck that's your classy. second fuck it's not classy so they go to they go to dinner right no. he's smoking again the The waiter comes up and asks you know what do you want and they're they're in Italy okay they're in Italy I want to reinforce this she says I want shrimp scampi and this guy <laughs> says excellent choice madam like it's oh. some fucking highfalutin thing to get shrimp scampi <laughs> shrimp scampi was literally the meal of Italian immigrants dude it was like the cheap shit shrimp that they threw in with some old noodles and they mixed it around with some butter and some cream in order to make shrimp scampi it's not a high society dish it's what they call the the working poor the immigrant class italian dish it's it's not like northern italy cuisine or southern italy cuisine but somehow this shrimp scampi which you can get on the menu at fucking olive garden is (laughs) high society food super classic. and everybody in this movie all the henchmen are so obvious like she looks across after dinner and there's a watchman like one guy like sitting in the gondola like just staring up at the hotel hotel room and it's like all the other gondolas are empty there's this one guy in a suit sitting yeah. in a gondola staring at him they are not clever henchmen man they are so fucking stupid and i just i don't understand how this was a director's choice or a writer's choice but it doesn't make any sense
1: supposed to be uh, a caper you know as a... but she <laughs> <got> she another... <laughs>
0: she undresses in front of the window why because it's angelina and she needs to undress in front of the window
1: don't forget she's a sex symbol and all men want (laughs) all men want to hit
0: that and they'll
1: they'll drop whatever they're doing and
0: yeah yeah. dude the the waiter that comes in the next morning when he wakes up in the hotel room and has breakfast for him he says like who are you and is it he says his name is guido and i was like is this like some racist shit for real (laughs) I was like, "Come on! Not every guy in Italy is named Guido." <laughs> no, go ahead. Uh,
1: let's talk about the, the the chemistry between the two leads here. It's supposed to be believable that they fall in love with each other after knowing each other for twelve hours or something like that. And <laughs> yeah. I don't. I didn't. Uh, I didn't feel that. I didn't feel that at all. I didn't feel it, much
0: of anything, Paul. Just... like so a movie a movie that profits off of like chemistry between the leads on whether they're going to get together or not right and i'll bring this up i know it's a bad movie but the the mark of zorro right or the mask of zorro whatever the 98 (laughs) one was uh, yeah. Catherine, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Antonio yes. Bondettas so in that hot. movie <laughs> they have a very real chemistry there and when and when all right so maybe this is just me watching it and I, I saw chemistry or maybe it's because I had the hots for Catherine Zeta-Jones for forever but like he cuts her top off and her top oh my falls god her.
1: the whip scene that is hot all right oh man <laughs> <laughs> that's hot yeah
0: but this movie, this movie doesn't have anything that's, like, hot or, like, erotic or, like, interesting or, like, charged with sexual energy. It's just, it's so flat. And I don't know how that's yeah. possible with someone as beautiful as Angelina Jolie or somebody that is presumably as large of a sex symbol as Johnny Depp. Even though Johnny Depp looks like a fucking coked-out <laughs> Berkeley professor in this movie. They
1: Okay, they make it clear because they show, like, that close-up of her ass and all the men that interact with her get the erections. She's she's hot. There, there's your there's your sexual tension. Oh, and then she wears underwear under her dress. Can you believe that?
0: That's so yeah, sexy. That's oh, my sexy. God. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so he's supposed to be a math teacher from Wisconsin, right? My wife is from Wisconsin. I've been to Wisconsin many times. There is nobody with that <laughs> accent. Number one, he doesn't have a Midwestern accent. Number two, he is that tan in Wisconsin. Like everybody in Wisconsin, <laughs> pale white dude. It's insane. I'm like, he's supposed uh, to be a math teacher from Wisconsin. Get the fuck out of here. Like, what, what is this? I mean, you are probably is just, just a small thing
1: playing dartboard kind of. <laughs> where's he from?
0: Yeah, where's he from? Oh, Wisconsin. Oh, Wisconsin. Yeah,
1: that's pretty middle America, right? That'll appeal. <laughs>
0: That'll appeal. That'll That'll appeal. That Be the reason why people in Middle America to go see this movie. Sure. So uh, (laughs) this this is supposed to be. Like a romantic comedy action movie, right? There's this really weird scene where he gets thrown in jail and they say that it's because they want to protect him. And there's this guy that's clearly a psychopath banging his head against the the wall. He turns around and Johnny Depp turns around sees him. He's like, hi. He says it in this really weird, like short voice and it's completely out of place. Like I thought he was going to get gang raped for a second. I was like, this is for (laughs) sure. Sure, how you get raped in prison is by a guy like this.
1: They just left I, it, right? I don't yeah, remember much of that scene.
0: And they never they just, come back to it. They never talk yeah. about that guy again. He's just there and he's gone. No, that's the punchline.
1: He's is a scary-looking dude, and Johnny Depp is in an awkward situation. <laughs> horror, horror, horror. All right.
0: <laughs> so, Johnny Depp is supposed to be this math teacher from Wisconsin, right? And he's told when he gets pulled out of prison, he says, You have a bounty on your head by this one cop. And he says, We got to get you out of here. We got to get you out of here. But this one cop takes him down the river in the middle of the night where no one can see him and nobody knows that he's left the jail cell. And then he tells you to wait in the boat that he fucking handcuffed you to. And you're okay with this somehow. This is made worse by the revelation in the in the end because when they make the revelation that he's actually the real alexander pierce and he has his fucking like face surgery and shit
1: oh my god can <laughs> you believe that happened that <laughs> i couldn't believe it it was so shocking
0: so shocking it's the be- it's the best <laughs> twist i've ever seen in my life dude best movie twist ever but besides the fact even even if he was a stupid person from Wisconsin and a math teacher from Wisconsin, he's still not that stupid to be okay with going along with this. And given that he actually is Alexander Pierce and he's supposed to be this like master criminal, he's even stupider for fucking sitting there in the boat and allowing himself to be taken along with this.
1: Now, once it's revealed that he's the, the master criminal, it, the whole movie unravels. <laughs> I mean, what little movie there was, <laughs> it just falls apart when you're like, What? (laughs) he's the guy all this time he's so smart for pretending to be math teacher from wisconsin and just bumbling his way through everything
0: god damn so he's he's sitting there in the boat and the guy goes and he talks to all his henchmen that come out of the darkness right and angelina jolie drifts by in her boat and ties up his mooring line to her boat and starts driving away and starts dragging his boat with her boat and this is somehow more efficient than coming along with a fucking pair of bolt cutters and cutting (laughs) his fucking cuffs or like a hammer or like brute force in order to break the fucking railing she could have also just
1: jumped in the boat and
0: taken that boat yeah exactly
1: I don't think boats actually have enough power to pull down a pier piling like she did in that in that scene with her boat. I don't think it works like that. But, no,
0: uh, uh... <laughs> that doesn't matter, Paul. It doesn't oh, okay. matter. Get away. <laughs> what What matters is that all the fucking henchmen with automatic weapons cannot hit them from the fucking bridges that they are going under. When they were filming these scenes in the Venice canals, even with this boat chase, they had a cop on set all the time in order to make sure that they didn't exceed the very strict speed limit that is in those Venice canals. Because if you exceed it and you cause a really big wake, it can actually flood people's houses. <laughs> Goes into so, someone's front yeah. door. Yeah. Exactly. So they had had a cop monitoring them because of this. And you can see it in this movie because every single boat chase scene, they're driving so slow. (laughs) And she goes really slow underneath this fucking bridge. And this guy with an automatic P-98 fucking Beretta is spraying bullets from 30 feet away into the back of the boat, not even into the front fuselage, into the back (laughs) that is wide open. And he still can't hit anything. Yeah.
1: There's nothing this to hide behind in a boat either. I mean they're all fiberglass. It's not gonna stop a <laughs> bullet with the shit, yeah. but
0: uh, I think we miss let us ignore story. that i mean
1: this this movie is all about the slow chase scene, mm-hmm. just like her slowly walking into the subway with her heels. you know you've got to have a slow boat chase. I think it's maybe a little more believable that she's dragging a boat that's backwards behind her, and that's why they have to go so slow, you know. <laughs>
0: So henchman jumps into the river in order to tackle Johnny Depp, right? Johnny Depp and him get ripped out of the boat by the line and him and Johnny Depp are getting like getting into this altercation in the water. And so her solution is to back up back up down the canal (laughs) and ram his boat in order to scare this fucking guy and then take off with Johnny Depp. So the whole time he pulls up his knife and he's going at Johnny Depp and he's trying to cut the mooring line in order to get Johnny Depp. But his knife is dull as shit and he can't cut (laughs) anything. And it just so happens to take long enough that he doesn't notice the boat backing up towards him and crashing. That whole
1: sequence is what, like 30 seconds long? <laughs> what does it take? So
0: he gets pulled into the river, and this math teacher from Wisconsin kicks this hardened criminal in the face in the water, and somehow that's supposed to make me believe that this guy immediately gives up on teaching on going after Johnny Depp. He's much bigger than him, but he just gives up immediately. He doesn't even try. And then I when we saw
1: him, what happens to the the yeah. henchmen that fail in the scene this, before in the table. This tailors. is what I'm
0: trying, this is what I'm trying to bring up because the very next scene he says that they got away and it's the worst scene of the movie worst scene in the movie he tells the 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 main evil bad guy who i still don't i still don't know his name i think it was shaw i think that's right but he tells the main bad guy shaw we did everything that we could and they got away and so he's at the tailors getting a suit fitted at three in the fucking morning like <laughs> so he's getting a suit tailored and he grabs the uh the the measuring tape the tailors use which is made out of vinyl i want to stress <laughs> (laughs) He imports this. Yeah. Because the next part, he wraps it around this guy's throat (laughs) and strangles (laughs) this guy with a vinyl tape. They're not, they're not strong, Paul. You know how strong vinyl is. It just snaps. He strangles this guy. And this is supposed to be the big moment where he shows his meat, you know, that this is him pulling his dick out and being like, You see that? You see how big it is? Don't fuck with me. but this is supposed to be that moment. That was the (laughs) stupidest fucking- That is dumb fuck moment number one for me for sure. Is yeah. the fucking vinyl tape strangling a guy with that. <laughs> and then he goes up to the the fucking mirror. The worst part is he goes up to the mirror afterward and he's like, what do you guys think? You think it looks good? And he wants his fucking like henchman's compliments because he gets insecure when that one henchman says, oh, it looks like it always does. And he's like, what does that mean? And all I could think of was the next line was going to be, does it make me look fat? Is that what you're trying to say? Is it make me look fat? Why would you say that to hurt my feelings? He's seeking their fucking like there's he's seeking their approval. And I'm like, this is this script has no idea what the fuck is (laughs) going on with this character. Is is he a psycho or does he want is he an insecure, like wannabe bad guy? Like I'm completely confused. But then it leads to that Yeah, that whole
1: scene I'm watching and I'm like, okay, writers, I get it. He's he's a bad (laughs) dude. Can we can we move on? The scene is boring me now. It's like it took forever to choke the guy with the vinyl tape and the whole time we're just like, all right, yeah,
0: point I established. It. I get it. Let's, <laughs>
1: let's move on. This is lame. Right.
0: So this leads me to the movie dick theory that I have, okay? My, my theory on this movie is this movie killed Johnny Depp's career okay and the reason that i say that is most of his roles other than his big roles like pirates or whatever fantastic beasts are these really weird uncredited whack job performances in these really fucking bizarre off the wall movies like since this movie he was in that really (laughs) i mean he's just been in so many bad ones since this dude i can't even pick one he was in jack and jill the fucking adam sandler piece of shit (laughs) was he he just
1: a, a cameo in that yeah he He played himself. So every every Adam Sandler movie is just a collection of cameos. I know. And
0: then and then he went on to do the extremely offensive movie that almost sank a studio called The Lone Ranger, where he played a Native American (laughs) in that movie. God damn, dude! Like. And then he did that movie Transcendence, and then he was in Tusk, then he was in that fucking terrible movie called Mordecai that was fucking David Coebb's pile of shit. Then he played Whitey Bulger in Black Mass, where he looked fucking absolutely insanely out of place. But then he goes on and he starts making like little cameos and movies, like, or he does Murder on the Orient Express and London Fields and The Professor and City of Lies, which got buried because of the fucking distribution problem. They couldn't sell that movie. It's Forrest Whitaker and Johnny Depp in this movie about the killing of Biggie, and they can't sell this movie to anybody. (laughs) But this movie, this movie I point to as being the death of his career. And specifically, the scene in this movie that killed his career, I believe, is the scene on the boat right after the fucking strangulation scene. The death of Depp line is when he looks at her and he says, you know, I don't regret it, you know. Kissing you. (laughs) And it's so flat. (laughs) <laughs> and she she looks at him and she says, I have to go check the uh, the thing. And she goes into the front and starts driving away on the boat. I was like, did this scene, yeah. <laughs> when, when they wrote this scene, did they think that this scene was going to work? And then worse yet, when they were behind the camera, when somebody was behind the camera looking at this shit, <laughs> they thought this was working? And this is going into it. What I was saying earlier is that the actors took this movie out of the director's hands and directed it themselves. This is why it's so important important to know what you're making and keeping your actors in line and that's not to say that you need to be abusive towards your actors it's that actors are looking for a strong director to show them that they have some sort of like forethought or like idea on where their character is heading and keeps their character in the front of their mind that's what makes an actor feel safe in order to tackle a large like really intense role or something that they're gonna try something special with and even with like little middling action movies like this it's important to do that in order to keep actors on their game otherwise like an actor can like be out in their depths like we were saying with john favreau and his actors on the lion king it's the same fucking thing with this movie dude the actors just took it away from florian and started doing their own thing and this is what you get when that happens (laughs) yeah (laughs) or you get
1: ghostbusters 2016 yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. there's
0: So she says this line that I don't get in the boat scene. She says that he owns everything from here to Novus Brusk. I actually tried to Google Novus Brusk because I was like, I don't know where that is. Where's is Novus Brusk? And I Googled this and I looked for an hour and a half, Paul, trying to figure out where this was. <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I cannot find anything. Uh, on Gabe, what that's, this that's is.
1: a long time to spend examining one line of a shitty just... movie. <laughs>
0: I wanted to know it because I was like, that sounds like a pretty significant thing. Like that should be something that I know. So that way, if I do know what that is, I know it's like 1500 miles away and that's a lot of shit that he owns in between. But if I can't find it, what the fuck is the point of the line? (laughs) Like she should say he owns everything from here to like Amsterdam or something. You know what I mean? Like something that I, that is a very well-known place like Venice in order to contextualize this guy's wealth. I got nothing for you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that being said, Johnny Depp says something to the effect of like how, how much he looks like this guy, Alex. And she, she starts talking about how this guy Shaw like found out how many women or how many men that his wife had slept with. So he not only killed every man that his wife had ever slept with, but she, he killed his wife as well. Right. And it's supposed to make him sound all Uh, fucked up. Got to
1: establish that he's really scary
0: and he's a bad guy am i to believe Did you get
1: that? <laughs> Did you get that am i to believe
0: <laughs> am i to believe that this mobsters banker who alex pierce is supposed to be was a hard enough motherfucker that he's just gonna go up against this like mob guy that supposedly kills everybody that's fucked his wife before and he just thinks that he's gonna be able to get away with this shit like it's even even the line itself doesn't make any sense like you should have told me that alex was some sort of fucking like former gangster that fucked him over and tried to kill him and stole all of his money in a heist or something like that, but not his banker. <laughs> Come on, man. He's
1: just a bad man. Do anything
0: he wants. <laughs> 41 minutes left in this movie, and I still don't care about these people. This is right after the death of Depp Line in the boat. 41 minutes left, and I still don't care about what's going on or why I should give a shit about these people. And then they say something about him st- stealing $2.3 billion or something. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, uh, okay. <laughs> but,
1: okay. So he stole $2.3 billion, but. The real reason that they're after him, all the, the police, is because he didn't pay taxes on his stolen money. <laughs> and then the end in, of the movie, they let him go because he writes him a check for whatever, right. seven 700 right. $744 million.
0: <laughs> So I, I, I have a, a point right. on that. So <laughs> he steals all this money and he doesn't pay the money to London, right? He doesn't pay money to England. And that's why Scotland Yard is after him. And Scotland Yard, the big twist in this movie, or one of the big twists in this movie is that she drives the boat up and she decides to go in in order to talk to her boss and it's revealed that paul bettany this whole time has been in venice operating out of some fucking office in venice after they do that weird scene with like the tiny little pipes that are crossing the canal that lift up in order for her to bring the boat in <laughs> <But> <laughs> she comes in and she talks to him it's supposed to be this big reveal moment there oh my god he was in he was in venice the whole time she's undercover that's a tw- oh. oh my god i didn't see that coming But he owes money in England. How is the English police, how are the London police operating in Venice, Italy without Interpol's immediate involvement? And the fact that he just got bitched out by his boss, Timothy Dalton at the beginning of the movie for spending money, but somehow he jets off to Italy (laughs) on the company credit card without anybody knowing anything. This is one of the worst (laughs) stupid fucking things I've seen in a really long time. Uh, And then they do that weird ball scene, right? after that's like this huge set piece in order to show again like this weird sexual tension between them but like there's no tension or chemistry <laughs> and then he has that that yeah. other stupid line that it's the death of depp again where he says i know exactly where i'm supposed to be right here with you and i'm like ah. Oh. My god. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> it was a classic oh
0: god. Not that line. Oh no, god. And then that weird fuck at the bar that's hitting on her and he says fate wouldn't bring me to an evening like this for no reason. And then he says as soon as you walked in, I knew why fate brought me here. I was oh, like, man. "What the?" Fuck? <laughs>
1: Does that work? Have you tried i don't that know
0: one? <laughs> i i've never tried that one but also i've never yeah. been to italy so maybe it works right. on italian girls and a fucking i'm gonna
1: girl. i'm gonna try it on my wife tonight see if that works <laughs> out <Yeah.
0: laughs> and then somebody says this line that he has a reputation as a swordsman that alex has a reputation as a swordsman and i was like was that a dick joke that he just sticks his sword wherever he wants <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm
1: surprised there wasn't like a sword fight at the end or something like that. Yeah, like... to just you know, oh, he's With a Tim sword. Oh Dude. shit, he's got a sword. This is pretty <laughs> awesome. (laughs)
0: if timothy dalton faced off with him like fencing (laughs) i mean that would have made this movie pretty good for me actually (laughs) so they keep confusing rufus sewell for alexander in this movie right and it's even alluded to that johnny depp thinks that rufus sewell is alex but rufus sewell and this is just a plain fact is that johnny depp is five foot nine rufus sewell is six foot one (laughs) You're confusing a guy that's four inches shorter. And they even make a mention of it at the beginning of the movie, like something about that the guy is four inches shorter or something like that. That must've been an expensive surgery. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) He's chopping off three, four inches of his feet or his legs in order to be like, what is this? (laughs) I, I have a huge, I have a huge problem with the banter in this movie because the the ball scene is supposed to be the lay it all out you need to get out of here you know like you trying to come after me is going to get you killed moment and it's completely wooden (laughs) like the chemistry isn't there there's no tension and the fucking score keeps pulling me out because the score (laughs) is still trying to like underscore this romantic moment and i'm like isn't this isn't this supposed to be a thriller like what what is this movie like what's happening Yeah, so uh,
1: it could never decide between the thriller and the the romantic comedy, and that's where it so, failed, I think, pretty hard. And the just- moment.
0: The moment that's playing behind us right now is the moment when he pulls out his knife and he threatens to cut Angelina Jo's, Jolie's face apart. And there's this really weird sexual moment where he slides the knife across her dick-sucking lips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just have to they have to remind everyone how sexy Angelina Jolie's lips are
0: ah. uh,
1: on top of her ass. It's like another gratuitous anatomy shot. Of mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie just did show off the assets that yep. she's got,
0: <laughs> and then, but yeah, it, it, and, <laughs> around. <laughs> Around this same moment is where they reveal that the London police force is after them for taxes. That's their endgame is taxes? Like this is the lamest shit I've ever heard in my life. how
1: so they got Al Capone.
0: Yeah. All right. <laughs> so going back to the lack of knowledge about technology in this movie, Paul Bettany, when he gets in the surveillance van with Johnny Depp from taking him from the ball, he takes his surveillance kit out again and fully pulls it out of his jacket and puts it to the side. And I'm like, okay, that's not how a surveillance kit works again (laughs) there is a cord that runs down your back and is connected to the radio he just pulled off the little plastic tube that connects it to the speaker that hides behind your collar he pulled it off of that and just threw it on the ground I was like that's not that's not how this works Anybody that's ever had one of those on knows that that's not how this works. But whatever. And it leads to an even more atrocious moment, which is coming up, is the snipers on the roof, okay? The <laughs> snipers on the roof. This sniper takes a BNC video cable and plugs it in the side of his scope. And he plugs that's it in. a pretty
1: sweet. <laughs> that's a pretty sweet scope. It's got, uh, <laughs> it's got video output and everything.
0: <laughs> he plugs it in to the left and right the yaw adjustment for... The sight line of the scope, which is this. If you don't know anything about guns, it's a little knob on the side of the scope that you turn it for one click. So if your gun is shooting to the left, one click brings it more into alignment the opposite direction. But he plugs this into the fucking sighting knob. And I'm like, again, this isn't how this works. This is basic shit, man. Like basic ballistic shit that Hollywood gets wrong every time. So in the last scene of the movie, it's revealed that he had stolen 2.3 billion dollars from him, right? And Somebody says something to the main henchman, and he says, He didn't just take that from me, he took my soul. I'm like, What? <laughs> And I um, thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna like go a little bit further with it and say that somehow he like the loss of the money caused like his daughter to be caught in some like war zone and die or something <laughs> like that. But he never says anything after that. I'm like, okay, so your soul is worth 2.3 billion? Like that seems kind of light, dude. You know, like <laughs> besides the fact you stole my soul by stealing money from me. Like, how does that make sense? Like, he didn't, he didn't take his soul from him. He's not damned to hell and everybody's gonna. Kill <laughs> kill him because he lost the $2.3 billion. Like, it's just, it's so melodramatic. And then we're expecting to believe that the $2.3 billion is just sitting in a fucking safe? What possibly could be in there <laughs> that, in a small safe like that? Like, what could, po- and then they, they open up the safe. They do that big dramatic scene that's, oh god, that scene. And he comes up and like she thinks that he's bluffing, but he knows that he's really Alex and he goes and he punches in that like 36 digit fucking code in order to open the fucking <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) safe and he opens the safe and there's all these like leather bound books and i was like what is that okay so if he's his banker, these are physical items. When you're moving around that much money, especially if you're a fucking big mobster like that, you don't have physical stacks of cash or bearer <laughs> bonds or whatever the fuck this is. But he has all these books in there that are like worth 2.3. What is that, Paul? It's not a fucking, it's not bearer bonds. What you the hell is it that? <laughs> and then Shaw. are a bunch of
1: you know? IOUs. It's all of <laughs> his IOUs like added up together.
0: And then the, the, the scene, this scene also goes in this really horrible part where he starts Shaw is trying to intimidate Angelina Jolie so he starts tipping over bookcases looking for the safe right. and I was like is he supposed to be scary doing this because it's scary <laughs> man like, look how no, you but, abuse
1: those books oh my god whatever. oh
0: my god and then the, the big moment is is that he slaps her he like hand, like open hand oh slaps her and it's like oh my god he hit her but not really because immediately after somebody's like fucking destroying this movie with the Bechtel test when <laughs> they reveal that all she is is about her men i'm like oh great that's just- <laughs> okay so anything that was interesting about this woman is now stripped away because it's all about her men it doesn't matter she's willing to like betray her country <laughs> and everything else for a fucking man like come on man here's that moment <laughs> opens the safe wait for it wait uh, see those what are those uh, paul
1: i <laughs> don't uh, know checkbooks
0: <laughs> so the i mean he does
1: moment- leave a check for him at the end Maybe it's just a bunch of checkbooks.
0: I I want to get to that in a second, (laughs) actually, but it's it's so obvious that this wall that this safe is in is a fucking like fake wall that they built inside of a fireplace that was in the real life location on top of the fact that another horrible moment comes up right after this where they finally approve like timothy dalton shows up finally after this entire movie bursts (laughs) into the fucking van and yells into the microphone like this is inspector whatever jerk off you know your mother and fire and like they all the snipers shoot all the henchmen at the same time But here's another ballistics thing. So high speed bullets, when they hit a piece of glass, they rarely hit their target behind the glass. And that's because high speed bullets, when they hit glass, they shatter and they do not fucking make their target. At most, they're going to get hit with glass and pieces of the bullet, but they sure as shit are not going to punch a nice, neat little hole in the fucking glass and hit their target square and true. But you know what? How do I know this, Paul? (laughs) How would I know this? (laughs) Is it because I've ever used a firearm in my life or that I know absolutely anything about <laughs> firearms?
1: Mythbusters.
0: <laughs> it's, oh, God, <laughs> please. My God. <laughs> Oh, on top of the fact that there's that hor- just before this, when he opens the safe, there's the horrible moment where Paul Bettany and his whole fucking crew is so stupid looking at the monitors. They don't realize that Johnny Depp picked the fucking locks of his hand- <laughs> handcuffs and slips out of the van yeah. without them noticing. The stupidest people, man. He's if actually this is- a
1: master criminal, dude. I mean, if
0: this is Scotland this Yard's time. best, <laughs> if this is Scotland Yard's best, they're fucked. Like England yeah. overall is fucked. It's a classic. <sighs>
1: classic blue collar movie where anyone in authority is a complete moron <laughs> <and> <laughs> totally incompetent
0: this is this is the moment that I was talking about is when he writes the check and like Timothy Dalton that's the other thing dude they shoot everybody in the henchman and then like Timothy Dalton and everybody storms the place and they don't take any of the evidence they don't even apprehend Angelina Jolie or Johnny Depp he just fires Angelina Jolie and then they walk out and leave them with that's their own recognizance yeah. in front of all the fucking evidence no,
1: no debriefing nothing
0: <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) nothing and so he turns his back and then he's like confused when he comes back and they're fucking gone like come on like come (laughs) on how stupid are these people but he comes back and the safe is empty and he opens it up and there's a check for the taxes that he didn't pay the 744 million but you look at the check and it's like it says 744 million it has his name signed and whatnot but i'm like what what okay so (laughs) Is Timothy Dalton gonna go and give that to the Bank of England, and the Bank of England is gonna endorse it to cash and deposit that shit? Like, what is this?
1: What if it bounces? I mean, they just let him go. I mean, maybe they should cash the check before just clearing him of all charges. I don't know.
0: (laughs) oh man I was I was just so confused by that and it's like rich people in general have a problem with being disconnected from society okay like somebody manages their money or somebody manages their kids or their PR life or whatever and it gets to the point where like rich people after a while they lose touch with reality because everything is like separated from them from reality but like it's obvious that these writers have no idea how money works how <laughs> how bullets work and how police work All right, like banking systems. System, or tax, system in general. Yeah. Taxes,
1: government, police forces, investigations.
0: Yeah. I'm so confused. And then and then the uh, at the end when they finally blow the safe open, right? They put like those little shape charges around the safe and they blow it up and it's this tiny little boom. And then they go to open the safe. And if you look on the mantelpiece, like where the safe was, there's no damage. It's just black. And I'm like, wait, that got the safe? Like, it didn't even damage anything, dude. Like, how did they get the safe open? They don't even know how safes work. <laughs> and then, you know, when they do come in and they realize that Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie are gone, they're like, hey, where are the subjects of our investigation? Nowhere? Oh, okay, that's okay. No big deal. Let's never bring it up again. <laughs>
1: We found a check for uh, $700 million. Everything is fine. Everyone is happy.
0: And and then there's uh, a... And they ride really into the sunset. Line? Oh, <laughs> that it? other that other bad line by Rufus Sewell where they they finally catch up to him on the pier and they're like, they stop him and they think it's the real Alexander Pierce. He turns around and he says like, oh no, this guy just like was texting me was giving me money in order to do shit. And, I was like, and he's like, wait, let me get this straight you took money from a stranger in a place that you've never been in order to do things that he told you to do and he's like well not just anywhere i mean come on it's venice and it's like what the fuck? dude that's sc- that line pissed me off so bad that i was like that was the moment where i was screaming at the television and that for me is dumb, dumb fuck moment number two I was like, mm. "Oh wow, they are really blowing Venice's dick hard on this <laughs> movie. Like, they really want people to go to Venice. Mm. They get on the boat and they're floating away. And there's really, really bad green screen in this shot or in these shots, dude. Like, you can tell they're not on a boat. But besides the fact, they have to make fun of Johnny Depp's face one more time, and that's their last <laughs> joke. And it's like, it's like, really? Like, it? I know that this is supposed to be funny because Johnny Depp is supposed to be attractive, but he's not. So like, <laughs> two Oscar winners." Wrote this, Paul. Two Oscar winners wrote this, man. (sighs) Yeah. You know, this movie, I, when I when I first brought it up, it was because I wanted to go into a deep dive about how Johnny Depp's career has completely gone to shit because of this movie. Because I remember when this movie came out, and I remember watching his career afterward, and it was just like, it was atrocious, like, watching the shit that he was in. And I really do point to this movie as being the death of his career. But when I actually sat down and watched it, I was like, Wow. <laughs> 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 this is yeah. completely deserved that this killed his career i mean he's filming another pirates movie right now as we speak and it's like you know oh, yeah. i
1: i thought he got kicked off of the whole pirates franchise or I remember that he had some
0: static with one of the directors and he got fired yeah. or something like that uh-huh. but then like his studio contract like brought him back and I think that that was on Dead Men Tell No Tales it was it was the one that was directed by the guys that did Con T- Tiki. He got in a huge uh-huh. fight with those directors and the reason why he got in a fight with those directors is they weren't going to just lay down like Gore Verbinski or like <laughs> Rob Marshall did because they were <laughs> indie directors that made a $200,000 uh-huh. movie and then they were giving a given $185 million million (laughs) million dollar movie to direct. Like, why does Hollywood keep doing this, man? Like, they just, they were like, oh, he's a good indie director. We should give him the next big thing. Fucking Bad Boys 3. <laughs> <laughs> so many fucking examples of this happening. And then they wanted, uh, they wanted what's his name for Star Wars Episode Nine? Uh, Colin Trevorrow, the guy that did Jurassic World. But prior to him doing Jurassic World, he made the $250,000 movie that was called Safety Not Guaranteed, which is a great movie. And then they give him $200 million and he shits out that piece of shit <laughs> jurassic world and then they want him to make a star wars movie and then they fucking fired him off of that and it's like true goddamn fault dude like you took this guy that had never made a movie before and then you throw him in this giant studio meat grinder and then you're upset that like you don't like his script or whatever it's like fuck off man like ryan johnson really made it lucky by making his eighth star wars movie because if it he's the only one that's been able to do that like make a movie and like it's got great reviews and like the studio liked it because, I mean, I can point to other people like Christopher Nolan, but like Christopher Nolan made mid-budget mid studio pictures in between before he got his big break in the big budget movies. You yeah. know what I mean? But this, <laughs> fuck Florian. For, he needs to be Von smacked because this is a bad movie, man. I really hope he just goes back to Germany and he never works in the American studio system again because this is awful. <laughs> like It never needs to happen again. It really doesn't. But fucking... God damn Johnny Depp, man! God damn! If 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 this movie, I've been saying this, I've been saying this for years, that he is a fucking terrible actor. I don't like Johnny Depp. I never have. I own one movie of his, and that's Donnie Brasco. But everything else, I do not like him, dude. I think he's a terrible actor, and like this movie. If you want to point to one thing that proves my point, it's this fucking movie. Like this movie, he's awful and he cannot redeem anything that he says in this fucking film. Yeah,
1: this one's uh, this one is definitely an example of him cashing a check and spending it all on fourteen thousand dollar bottles of wine whenever he did. Isn't he broke now? Is that that's that a thing. I don't
0: that I don't actually know. I don't know if but, he's broke. I know that he went through that horrible divorce and like fucked it, fucked over his pocketbook pretty hard on that one, but maybe he is. But, I mean, he deserves <laughs> he deserves to be broke because he shouldn't have been in the film business in the first place.
1: Come on, Gabe. He's been in some good movies. You got, you got uh, Edward Scissorhands and...
0: Uh, Ed Wood.
1: Ed Wood. What else we got? Donnie uh, Brasco. I love I love Fear and Loathing, Las Vegas. <laughs> that's
0: true. That's true. That's, I do like that. That's part. a good one. Sleepy Sweeney Todd. Yeah, S- S- yeah, S- 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 yeah, Sleepy.
1: Yeah, see, he's got he's got a list of good movies. I but think.
0: then but then him and Tim Burton started doing <laughs> Alice Disney in Wonderland movies. Him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Disney, thanks for that, Disney Tim Burton. You uh, fucking <laughs> asshole. Thanks for taking a shit on everything that was good about. <laughs> Johnny Depp or you guys' collaboration. And then they did Dark Shadows for Disney, too. And they... Oh, dude like Dark Shadows. Uh, I don't remember that one. It's, it's a $150 million movie based on a f- 1950s TV show by the same name. And Johnny Depp plays a vampire in it. Whoa. And it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's really bad. It's um, really bad. You know, um, he's, faked, he's faked his way to a pretty successful <laughs> career, I got to say. And he's faked his way to three fucking Oscar nominations. I don't know how that happened. He got nominated for the Oscar for playing fucking Jack Sparrow, dude. The first Jack Sparrow <laughs> performance that he did, he got nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role.
1: I enjoyed his performance in that. I thought but, it was out of left Oscar, field.
0: Oscar-nominated material? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, he just needs to go back nah. to Malibu. I mean, that that's...
1: That's uh, Hollywood sucking its own dick right there. Mm-hmm. Just They took some risks, casting him like that, using him like that, and they made a shitload of money. So they're like, oh, yeah, best actor. Fuck yeah. Get that yeah. fucking bank rolling in right here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Paul, that that is the... 2010 shit heap that is the tourist. I don't think that we need to say anything else about this movie, mm-hmm. and I would really appreciate if we never brought this movie up again. <laughs> uh, it's that bad, folks. It's it's really that bad that you you have to see it to believe how bad it is. But Paul, so going into it next week, you had brought up what what movie did you bring up? Oh, you brought up The Village. In the order village. to talk about The Village, maybe we should talk about like the downfall of M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I feel. He like- that was royally he is royally fucked up his career and i actually have an an inside story about m night Shyamalan because a key grip friend of mine did a uh, lady in the water and he yeah. told me some inside shit about m night Shyamalan because he was having an affair with this woman during the filming oh. of that movie and he told me some inside shit about that that is like fucking hilarious but m night Shyamalan really fucked up his career and the village was really like his first downfall i mean people can point to signs but like as much as i don't like saying it i actually like things about signs even though it's a remake of the birds
1: i think signs was signs scared me a lot actually i thought it was really effective
0: yeah it's effective. so
1: when the village came out I was pumped to see that, and yeah. Then, then
0: I saw the movie, and then seventy yeah, percent uh, of that movie I actually like. Like, it's yeah. an actual, legitimately good, like character drama. Yeah, no, I have to see
1: it again. It's been ending. Only seen it once.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, dude, he's he's made so many bad movies since that movie. Yeah. That was really his first downfall, Oof. and then he just made bad. Mo- dude, the happening. What the fuck was that? <laughs> That was Marky Mark looking confused for ninety minutes. What? No. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to do the village? Or you want to talk about maybe the happening? Uh, or we can look at a really god awful movie like Airbender. Or Airbender. Uh, His movie I feel like busy. I need. It really bad too.
1: Yeah, I feel like I need to watch the Airbender series to really understand how disappointing
0: that (laughs) movie was i'm not gonna invest that amount of time for it paul i don't know (laughs) is there
1: a side from mni shamlan railing on him got any (laughs) other ideas
0: i mean i i haven't i'm trying to think of bad movies that i've seen recently i'll I'll say that extraction is terrible i hated extraction you you made that clear to me (laughs) I hated that movie. Yeah, you know, I I told you before though I I rewatched uh, The Island recently, Michael Bay's movie. Oh and yeah, that's really fucking bad. And then that's I rewatched I watched GI Jane again the other day, and that's pretty
1: oh, bad. Oh, so never seen that. Yeah, that would be a good. There's one the- <laughs> to be more. <laughs> Uh, there's
0: there's a lot to like about that movie i'm not gonna lie like there there really is like probably 60 percent of that movie is good but when they go into the final and like battle scene it's so poorly dude it's so poorly shot and put together that it's like surprising that it's ridley scott because it's like this yeah. is for this is four years before he did Black Hawk Down, and three years before he did Gladiator, which are like two of the best like action, action set piece yeah. movies ever made. I mean, yeah. say say what you want about how good they are as a movie, but like as action films, they uh, are yeah. legit great films. Yeah. But like this movie, at the end of GI Jane, the end battle scene in that, it's like it's like he just checked out, and another director <laughs> did it because it's not. There's no.
1: Yeah. I'll second no, it or something.
0: Yeah. There's no scene geography or like continuity or anything. And it's just fucking confusing. You know, I've been, I've been meaning to talk about the boondock saints too, for a long time.
1: Oh man. <laughs> I don't think I don't I've ever seen that. actually. Uh-huh.
0: Dude, you know, have you ever seen the documentary called Overnight? No. It's this. It's this documentary about Troy Duffy when he was making Boondock Saints, and he became this overnight sensation that everybody wanted to make this movie. It was like the Weinsteins and fucking like Paramount. Everybody wanted the script because they all liked it, and he became the talk of the town. But he immediately went into his like Boston trash like yeah, bullshit.
1: Okay. Yeah, and I think I do remember that documentary. He call-
0: he tried to call Anthony Hopkins on his phone in order to offer him the part of El Mastro, the Billy, uh, Billy yeah. Connolly part, mm-hmm. and he didn't he didn't end up getting Anthony, and he's drunk when he calls Anthony, so he left a voicemail on his voicemail, and he hangs up the phone, and he's like, Anthony Hopkins is a fucking cunt. He's a talentless shithead, blah, 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 and he starts going off about how Anthony would be lucky to be in this movie, because it would be the best movie <laughs> he'd ever been in. And, and then same thing with Ewan McGregor. He starts talking about Ewan McGregor, and and it is fucking shocking to watch this yeah. guy talk about it, this shit because i'm like you're a bartender from boston <laughs> like. and then it ended up it ended up that he pissed off everybody in hollywood so much especially harvey weinstein that he ended up like burying him with all the studios and he bought the script yeah. from troy duffy and buried the fucking movie for three yeah. years just because he didn't like him and like <laughs> It ended up that he got independent financing and they ended up making it for a million bucks. And then he was like, when he went to Cannes, he was like, oh, this is going to be the best movie that Cannes ever seen. I'm going to walk away with a Palme d'Or and like, I'm going to sell this movie for 35 million. It's exactly the fucking story arc from the third season of Entourage, like literally (laughs) the exact same. And he, he gets to Cannes and everybody sees it and they're like, this is a piece of shit. And nobody bought it. And it just went back into the fucking drawer. And then Franchise Pictures, which was a defunct studio a year later, came out and bought it from him for 150 grand. And that's all he made off of that movie. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) But it ended up that he ended up having to go back to Boston because he was drunk and he was broke. And he ended up having to go back to Boston. And uh, when he wrote Boondock Saints 2, nobody wanted it. For 10 years yeah. he tried to sell that script and nobody wanted it because they heard all this shit and he was a fucking bartender for that entire time <laughs> i'm like wow so much for being you know the next big thing in hollywood you fucking twat. next
1: quentin tarantino no nope. <laughs> didn't work out
0: i think boondock saints 2 would be a good one because <laughs> <laughs> that movie's really bad birds of yeah. prey is also really bad that's another really bad one that i saw recently. oh yeah yeah you okay.
1: should watch that, that. Uh, that, was some, that was so
0: bad. Dude. DC, so,
1: man, the DC <laughs> comics. What the there. fuck happened there? <laughs> like after Nolan left, what the fuck? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: And then he gave us the cinematic masterpiece, which is Justice League. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever seen that one. But oh, the Batman v Superman was enough for me. That, <laughs> J- that Justice was... League,
0: Justice League is something else, man. It's oh yeah. <laughs> That's is it so better good. or worse than? Uh, it's worse. What? It's, what? worse. How the hell? it's worse. It's worse. It's It is so worse. All right, so that is the tourist. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. I really appreciate it. Paul appreciates it. We're uh, we're happy to have you guys as our audience. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you learned something yeah. about why Johnny Depp is a piece of shit and why his career <laughs> should never come back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. until next time. This is Movie Dicks. I'm Gabriel Chavez, and I'm Paul Schendel. We'll talk and to have you guys. A good night. <laughs>